Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Big event coming up Thursday night this week. Never know how many more of these I got up my sleeve. You might want to join me at the Toll House Hotel in Las Gatos, 630 Limited seating, and it is pretty full already, so uh, consider signing up sooner rather than later. Use code RADIO25. Only sign up if you're going to go. And if you've been to two of these, don't sign up. You've seen enough. One of my goals in doing all these events in the past was to have educational angles for you. Not to see you ten times kind of thing. Um, and that's what we got. I, as a child, had a big issue with the national debt clock. I had a big issue with that American Indian who was had a tear in his eye and he was looking over a big old heap of trash that uh, Americans were uh, creating that his world and his nature had never seen before. I have issues. I, I totally get that I have issues. But that debt clock was one that freaked me out as a kid. Because I didn't know about money. I knew about $10 bills, and I knew that you know 40 quarters was $10, and I got all that. But when I saw the debt clock the first time, it freaked me out. Because it's ticking. And there's not an alarm on it, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. October's right around the corner. You know, like, like Rocktober. October is the year of my birth date, or the month of my birth date. Like, it should be a national holiday. It is, it, is in the Bay, it is in the Bay Area, but only for select cities, and you have to have a code. Um, but you see the national debt ballooning, and you see little kids playing soccer, and you go, this isn't going to end well for them, is it? So we have a behaviorally challenged Congress. Trillion-dollar yearly budget shortfalls. Um, Great Recession 2007-2009, where we said, let's just bail them out. Let's print the money. Debt held by the public, a conservative um, tally of which would say, you know, we're going to swell from $15.7 trillion at the end of September. 78% of gross domestic product to $28.7 trillion in a decade, or 96% of GDP. And debt's a funny thing. Have you ever done those challenges where you just add one pound in each hand that you're holding? Or five pounds, and you're like, oh, at some point in time, it becomes just too much. And it's, oh, it's just a wafer-thin mint. And it, it, that's what blows you out. That's what, that's what kind of kicks in and stops you. Um, and it is a delicious wafer-thin mint. It's only a wafer-thin. Yeah. I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Bugger horse. That, that's the U.S. debt. We're absolutely stuffed. So, it's going to be a problem. 
and it's not a good one to have if you have children. Just holding the line at 78% of GDP over the next three decades would require finding massive savings in the budget, $400 billion over the coming year, rising gradually to $690 billion by 2048, using 2019 dollars that are not adjusted for inflation. So we as a nation spent $590 billion in 2017, and we're talking about, you know, we got to cut $400 billion to stop it from growing. And in a few years from now, it's going to be $690 billion to stop it from growing. The good thing is, if you're a congressman who's 60 years old, you'll probably be dead before someone knocks on the door and says, uh, you owe us money, U.S. Congress. So I think you do have to be worried about that. You know, what do you do? Do you buy treasuries if the threat of deflation returns as a Pavlovian reaction? Um, a high short position in treasuries could even set up a short squeeze. And you're talking about treasuries now being used as squeezing objects. And when you squeeze on Wall Street, it's it's a show. When shorts get squeezed, it's a show on a company like Tesla. When short treasuries get squeezed, it could be just as dramatic. Um, and in not such the good way. I saw a story that really... Makes me think of, uh, how do I pass this on to you? But an analyst over this weekend put together some analysis on the 10-year treasury and saying, where's the next bear market? Because we're in the longest-running bull market now. And he says, as the 10-year treasury continues to tick higher, and it's above 3% today, the $10 trillion in uh, crash that the U.S. housing market has could lead to a downturn. I know a lot of people who are on adjustable rate mortgages are going to pay more next year than this year, and more the next year after that than this year. So spiking the 10-year treasury yields will likely push us into a bear market. If we go to 3.5%, it's a much riskier market than at 3%. If we go at 3.75%, it's way more risky. Four, it's exponential. So it starts getting to the point where it weighs. You know, I was talking about putting one pound in each hand every minute or two and see how long you can hold it up. It ain't that long. So that's out there. Other stock stories of note today. Um, and there's some good ones out there today, actually. Hormel Foods got downgraded to market perform. Now, who wants to own Hormel Foods? I don't. But then again, I'm not looking at the value proposition, which Chad and I talked about. Um, and it continues to come up again and again and again. Tyson Foods has fallen 2.8% today after announcing the departure of its CEO. Success or failure starts at top. Do you remember Frank Purdue? There's Purdue chicken commercials. That If you're from the East Coast, you remember. And he's just an old grandpa-looking guy who was on the skinny side and kind of had that extra skin underneath his, his jaw. And his punchline at the end of his commercials was, and it's all about chickens. He goes, it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. Um... So do you want to own a chicken company? A Tyson Foods, for instance. It's a food company on one hand, right? Uh, white meat's cheaper than red meat. And if you go into the grocery store, I saw a market steak. A market steak selling for twenty nine ninety nine a pound. Same market steak in Texas is probably, I'm not going to say a buck fifty a pound, but you get the idea. Visa's lowered today after it was removed from Goldman Sachs' conviction buy list. I like Visa. Um, and MasterCard was added to the list after Visa was taken off the list. I like MasterCard. 
Teva Pharmaceuticals is up after the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, approved its migraine treatment, Ajovi. Ajovi. Whoa, 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 whoa. So those are some of the stock stories out there, as far as, you know, the stocks that are on the move. And it's interesting. Like, the one that stands out to me is the Goldman Sachs flip-flop on Visa to MasterCard. I'm not against it. And if you take a look at how well Visa's done, I'm not against it. Um, And you know that I'm not going to say I endorse Consult Worker Advisor for taking action on these stocks on the air. But uh, it's out there that uh, I've said nice things in the past. Target and Walmart are kind of winning the grocery wars right now. Isn't it funny when I would never consider buying my groceries at Target and Walmart, but people do. Isn't it funny how sometimes you can just totally miss an obvious just because you don't do it? Meal kit service delivery companies are playing a role. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. But more importantly, you can sign up for the event Thursday night, September 20th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. <laughs> My producer does the cutest thing. Whenever a guest is on the line, he goes, cuckoo, cuckoo. It's kind of a funny two-way communication system, but it is, but it is what it is. CFP Chad Burton. Talking about two-way communication systems, I got locked out of my own office today. Can't do much communication without that, eh? Chad? No, sir. <laughs> How about the floods in... I don't know if that was rhetorical or not. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's, I, you and I don't script anything. We, do, we got some bullets, but we don't really script it. But um, yeah, so uh, random events happen. So last week, there was no polar bear in San Francisco. This week, there's a giant polar bear in this next week it's gone so random stuff happens thank you burning man for the polar bear um with that said what do you think about the floods right now um i think that's the number one financial story is not being financially prepared for an emergency well yeah i mean you've got to people have to double check their insurance all the time because a lot of times when there's a natural disaster some of the acts of god aren't actually covered in the policy um so Sometimes you think you're in a floodplain and you're not. Sometimes you can get flood insurance. Sometimes you can't. Either way, it's it's a matter of inventory of what you have. Make sure it's properly insured. Right. And every couple of years at least, meet with your insurance agent. And if you can't get flood insurance, you can't get flood insurance. And uh, you and I should start a, a business. We should call it Atheist Insurance. We cover all, all acts of God. <laughs> eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> I like it. There you go. Um, and for the re- for the record, I work for Salem Communications, a Christian broadcasting company. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> wow, I just heard a funny echo. So, CFP Chad Burton, you're going to be in town this week for the big event, September 20th, in the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, six thirty to eight thirty. Uh, be prepared for an act of God called traffic because the Salesforce uh, convention is going on this week. But changing the storyline, the longest bull market in history, it's continuously running, running of the bulls. A um, lot of TV, a lot of radio, a lot of magazines, a lot of print saying growth versus value. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's, I mean, this is, 
first of all, the longest running bull market just means a long period of time without a 20% correction. We got close a couple of times. And corrections are normal, healthy, just like recessions are normal and healthy to shake out the excess. But there's a whole segment of the stock market that's somewhat left behind or hasn't run as much. Um, and you can really look at the market between momentum and value pretty easily now because there's ETFs out there that separate it. So, for example, MTUM is an ETF. Um, and then VLUE is another ETF, and MTUM is based on momentum. There's different characters they use to say what's a momentum stock, and they reconstitute, I think it's every six months, where value is they're looking at different stuff. It's not just price-to-earnings ratio. It's price-to-sales, price-to-book, and other things like that. But momentum has a P-E ratio of 24, while VLUE is at about 11.85 right now. Um, are, are you leaning towards you know, more value than growth? We're definitely, when we're doing some active trimming in terms of the portfolio, mm-hmm. you look at stocks versus bonds versus cash. But you also have to look at this value versus growth as well. Because when you're managing wealth and you're close to or in retirement, part of your job is to make sure you have enough cash set aside to get through tough times. And also, you don't want to correct as much as the market when the market does correct. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to trim the stuff that's starting to look expensive that everybody's piling into last and get the stuff that isn't quite as expensive. Um, And a lot of the difference, Rob, it's it's, it's the easy money, right? I mean, interest rates are historically low still nine years into this bull market. I mean, we had 10-year Treasury rates north of 5% before the Great Recession. They're still barely touched for 3% last Friday. Um, So there's still a lot of easy money out there. And everybody's going into indexing, which is pushing it into these stocks that have already kind of done well. Um, and there's now quite a premium between growth and value. You know, what's interesting is that it's we can say this, and if growth runs for another year, people are going to kind of say, oh, you're just the guy who screams chicken. But it could happen today. It could happen in a year. I mean, it's, there's always going to be shifts, and we never know when they're going to come. And even the, the great wise one... Uh, Warren Buffet, uh, the, the king of Wall Street, said most people should invest in the S&P 500, and yet you're saying no, or you're not saying no, you're saying that's growth, and he's a value guy. It's kind of a, a, a weird yin-yang going. It, it really is, because it's not what he actually practices as a value investor. But what he's saying uh-huh. is that that's how most people should really invest to kind of start off, as the S&P 500 and index. Right. But you don't own 500 companies, right? You, basically, most of your money is in the top 50 companies. It's a market-weighted index, which means the largest companies get the most money. And as everybody piles in, just like in 2006, to, to passive-only investing, those companies get more and more money, so it, it elevates their P.E. ratios. So... Um, that and it's not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of the companies are pretty quality in there, like Microsoft and Apple and other ones right now. Um, and it makes sense that since we go through the Great Recession, that we should go through the greatest running bull market in a long period of time. So I still love growth, huh. but you don't want just growth in your portfolio. I have not put those two together right now. The greatest recession led to the greatest bull market. Have I, have I been asleep? I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is that a rhetorical question? Don't pay attention to each <laughs> Wow. I like, I like it. It's, it's marketable. So yeah. we got a big event coming up it, September 20th, Toll House Hotel. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com, use code radio25 to sign up. And also, you just got a ton of stuff there, and it's always getting better. Um, so 
how do you go about trimming? How do you go about cutting some of that growth, feeling good about it, but also pulling the trigger without upsetting people who look at market returns and, and put you on a benchmark? Right. Well, yeah, and, and deal with taxes as well. I mean, that's that's also oh, yeah, yeah. in a taxable account. You always have to assume that, okay, if I'm going to sell something that I'm overweight in and, and go buy something that is showing more value, you got to make up for the tax bill as well. So we look for strategic ways to, to trim growth versus, you know, equities versus bonds versus cash. And then you're always managing around, you know, are the assets becoming expensive and having to trim? Um, so what I like to do with most of my large cap position, at least 20% of a person's portfolio, is dividend achievers. So it looks at the S&P 500 and, it, and even some mid-cap stocks, and it carves out those companies that have a history of increasing their dividend by usually an average of 10% a year or so. Um, but I still want growth in those companies. And then I, I, on the either side of it, use some indexing approach for a little bit of value and a little bit of momentum. Um, so you get kind of the overall broad coverage of the S&P 500 and all of those sectors, but not just shoving your money into the top 50 companies um, right now. The, those companies, when there is a correction, tend to fall the hardest. And those dividends, as you know, are really important for retirees, that if you are going through a market correction... Wait, wait, as I know. Well, as I know? You just signed up for ARP, so I mean, that's <laughs> in your mailbox now. You are killing me. Hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. You're always welcome on. But we will see you September 20th at the Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar, Thursday, September 20th, 6.30, 8.30, Toll House Hotel. Traffic could be interesting in the Bay Area. Uh, you can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25. See you there. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. CFP Chad Burton is going to be in town this week doing the big seminar. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up for the event at, or use the Radio 25, Radio 25, get in for free. Um, I've known him, I guess, 20 years, roughly. And, uh, you know, we go back to the 1996 time frame where it was go-go tech, and then there was a unraveling of the stock market, primarily growth stocks, for two, three years. And then there was a boom for four, and then it fell apart, and then we've been in a nine-year bull market. It's kind of crazy. Uh, it's normal. It's healthy. It comes with it. But when it changes, it feels really bad. And when I do the show, more people will listen because they, they don't want it to get worse. It's kind of an odd way that things work. One of the things we mentioned was being prepared for disaster. Um, I recently, and, and taxes, I recently got a big tax bill because I, I sold some stuff. Uh, Nine-year bull market. I took some, some, not all, some. And it was a very specific situation. Um, but got to pay the taxes, right? Now, I'm preparing as I get older to, you know, love my neighbors and such. And I'm writing a speech because I got a birthday coming up. And one of the things I say is, you know, one of the things I'm putting together is, you know, uh, Pay attention to Twitter. Pay attention. Like, Twitter, an analyst came out today and said, watch out. Now, watch out below. That's never a good thing. Watch out below. 
Um, but basically saying that, you know, the costs are going to go up big time for regulatory oversight. It's going to hit Facebook. It's going to hit Twitter. It's going to hit the big tech companies, Google. Salesforce.com put themselves on warning today when they said Mark Benioff is paying $190 million for Time Magazine. So he's a big tech billionaire, and he buys a big brand media company. Hmm. Who else did that? Jeff Bezos. Amazon.com bought the Washington Post. He doesn't have to make money. But can he help form an editorial opinion of the United States? Sure. Begs the question of who reads newspapers and magazines anymore. But, uh, you know, Trump last year lashed out at Time Magazine for not making him man of the year. And you might remember they said, there's not even a speck of truth that we were considering him. So one of the things that I worry about, like real estate's gone up big, huge, mongo in a lot of the coastal cities in the United States. But in the tech cities, it's, it's done really, really well. Seattle and San Francisco Bay Area. And, you know, some of those people now are saying, I'm going to take some off the table and move to Portland. They're not necessarily moving to Portland for the big tech jobs. They're saying I could live on a $700,000 like I've got a million plus just in the different cost of living and different costs of housing and such like that. But that's that too's moving up, right? So the big fear is is not regulatory oversight, but the cost of, of making sure your news is good and solid and there's a lot of competition. Costs are gonna go up big time. Operating expenses are gonna go up big time in 2018, 2019. Now, Facebook's already put us on notice. I've got friends who work at Facebook or are are neighbors. And, you know, they may be coming to my big old birthday party. Woo-hoo! I know you're saying, you're a grown man. Do you really have to have a birthday party? Um, I never had a birthday party as a kid. No, it's not one of those situations. It's, it's out of my control. Um, so, anyway, it's not always going to go up. And I was talking to a, a good, good loved, loved one. And, you know, the thought of... Oh, real estate's still going to keep going up. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. You get into a kind of a situation where, like, you kind of forget the bad times. That is super, super important to take a look at where you are, where you've come from, where you want to go, and have a plan. And, yeah, you know, the headlines there are, you know, pets being affected by the monster storm. Uh, it's interesting because I feel worse for the animals and the children than I do for the people who don't have, you know, an emergency plan. And you know what's going to be sad is this is going to be a storm that just ravishes people financially. And they'll never recover. They didn't save in their 401k. They, they didn't have a 401k. This is a lot of blue-collar people. Um, and if you, you don't have home, if you don't have flood insurance, you don't have flood insurance. How will the government make, make it right? Not completely. Only 10 to 20... Only 10% to 20% of coastal homeowners in the eastern part of North Carolina, where if you've paid attention, have flood insurance. And that's the coverage from the government's national flood insurance program. Now, inland, and again, you're, you're thinking coastal, that makes sense. Hurricanes hit the coast. You don't think hurricanes hit inland very hard. And when they do, it's typically winds, right? This wasn't, this isn't the case. This is just a, I want to use a curse word. This is just a, a ton of, ton of rain. Um, so the further inland you go, you get down to 1% to 3% of homes have flood policies. And that's typically wealthy people. 
again, the haves and the have-nots, that's going to leave a lot of people uninsured. Um, if you were to pick a state and say they're going to lose between 10 and, tw- 10 and $20 billion of homes of damages tied towards flooding that aren't going to be covered, that's a big old number. Damaged homes caused by floods tend to be costly. The estimated potential loss for a 1,000-square-foot single-story home with possessions worth 20000 uh, and you inundate it with just one inch of rain, it could run 11,000 bucks. So you're talking about 1,000 square foot, 11,000 bucks. And that, that's, keep in mind, the average American makes 60,000 a year, average uh, family income. And, uh, well, let's just say there's more than one inch of rain out there. And I've, I've been a victim of a flood once. I, uh, right out of college, I lived in the downstairs of a condo. And uh, the guy up above me, or so, no, 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 I don't know what happened. Saturday morning, my toilet won't flush. And it starts creeping up. And it's, it looks like I had a bad night. So it wasn't very solid. And I was like, I don't think I ate anything that made me um, loose. But it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. Then I'm, I get the plunger out. It keeps coming up. I was dating a woman, Juliet, at the time. I'm like, I need uh, to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get something. Because it, it's this and, is going. Oh, and it keeps coming up. And then it's in the, sh- it's in the, ba- at the bottom of the bathtub. I'm like, okay. Now, I'm a smart guy. I'm not a guy who can identify problems that are of the blue-collar nature and instantly say this is what's wrong. But it keeps coming up. And it starts flowing over the toilet. It starts flowing out of the bathtub. And I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm actually scooping fecal matter from the bathroom and walking it out the door and throwing it in the backyard kind of thing. What are you talking and about? It keeps coming up. I know. It keeps coming up. So the whole bottom floor of a condo flooded with fecal matter. Now you're saying, yeah, 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 that sounds about right. No, I'm not a Bernie man. I'm not like, this isn't, this isn't a choice. So the whole, all the carpet, gone. Some furniture can't be fixed. Um, had to call Service Master, who I, I and ultimately I had to call Rotor Rotor because what happened was the, the clog wasn't underneath me; it was forty-five feet from underneath me. And they don't make plungers that go that far, and they don't make snakes that go that far unless you're an industrial company like a Rotor Rotor. So Rotor Rotor comes out, and some it, it, in the end, teeth were coming through my my toilet, hair was coming through, products were coming through, like it was grotesque. I probably lost a year of my life just thinking about that story for a second time. It's almost like that rat that crawled into my mouth one night and vomited uh, and then you know, comes back in later and then dies. Like, not just once, but twice. So I had renter's insurance. The owner had homeowner's insurance. All's well that ends well. Um, but yeah, I've been flooded and it could have been a disaster. I was in this case, it wasn't technically my fault, and there was no insurance claim on me. The homeowner had to get new carpets and stuff, um, so he made some claims, and you know he felt pretty good in the end because the place needed new carpets. Um, not always good to use your insurance to do that, but you get the idea. Disasters happen. You need to be prepared for them. So one of the downsides about this hurricane is that all weekend long, when you're trying to get that What's going on with the president update? Because he, he tends to do a lot during the weekends. Uh, every time you turn on the news, it's all hurricanes. I'm like, oh, I want some good old Donald Trump news. 
And we got the Donald Trump news today. He says he's inclined to move ahead with a 10% tariff on $200 billion worth of Chinese imports sometimes this week. China said, we're not going to play defense, which I think means they're going to play offense. And, you know, that, there's that 10% tariff is not as high as a 25% tariff that was first proposed. And China's not ter- being terribly cooperative. And, you know, the art of the deal isn't to intimidate. The art of the deal is to get a deal. And uh, anyway, big seminar Thursday night this week on the 20th, Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, California, 638. I'll tell you some of the stuff I sold. I'll tell you some of the stuff I'm buying. I'll tell you about my tax bill. Holy mackerel. Um, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can sign up for the unit at Rob Black Show and use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Holy mackerel. Coca-Cola is in talks with cannabis producer Aurora Cannabis to make marijuana-infused beverages. Whoa. Lagunitas is already selling a marijuana-infused uh, beverage. I think you can only get them at dispensaries or something like that. Like, I don't think they're... I think it's going to be very slow rollout kind of scenario. All right, all right, all right. But Coca-Cola is going to try to develop some health-focused beverages that would ease inflammation, pain, and cramping. Um, and, you know, I, I think we all probably know some people who have partaken in the medical industries around for a reason. And a lot of it's tied towards back pain and cramping and inflammation. So I, I think Coca-Cola should, you know, anytime there's a new business that starts, there's, 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 there's pirates that go out there and they, 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 they register a lot of domain names. Uh, if anyone wants to register these, you can have them. I was coming up with some names that Coca-Cola could use. Crack Cocaine Cola. Crack Cocaine Cola. What do you think about that one? Holy Hash. <laughs> um, holy Hash. Uh, Diet Holy Hash. Uh, Barbiturate Bubbly. And this is my personal favorite, if anyone wants this one. is Ollie's Old Opioid Soda. And you'd have, like, two old guys sitting on a... Um, on their, their patio outside their house, and it'd be a big summer hot day, and they'd go, hey, Ollie, I like your old opioid soda. You darn tootin'. So, Jeez, I'm going crazy out there at the lake. So this weekend, I'm on El Camino, I'm taking a right, and the car in front of me, this big, big cloud of marijuana smoke comes out of it. Uh, and because we're taking a right, and they're one car ahead of us, but kind of in another lane. I saw him drift into another car. And I'm like, oh boy, the cops can have a fun one with this, a fun time with this guy. Uh, I don't know how high he was. I don't know if he was high. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't pretend to be. I'm not a police officer. But I think America's going to have an issue on their hands as more and more drugs get approved. And uh, I've seen people get out of their car and almost beat people to death over speeding and getting causing car crashes. I gotta imagine that, you know, one day when you're in a car crash and the dude smells high as a kite, it ain't gonna be too cool. But back to the business story of it. Um, earlier this year, alcohol producer Molson Coors said it would make cannabis infused drinks, while Corona, maker of Constellation Brands, or yeah, Constellation Brand makes them, they invested $4 billion in marijuana producer canopy growth. So we got that out there. Ollie's old opioid soda. 
Just like made just like it was in the old days. Right? This is Coca-Cola. This is red, white, and blue. Apple pie. Puppies. And Coca-Cola is now... I'm not saying selling out. But the almighty dollar is what businesses follow, right? I don't know. If anyone's had a... Like, I, I know you've had marijuana-infused sodas in California. But i got to imagine, like, SodaStream's got a recipe for you if you need it. Uh, so that's what i got going on today. How was your weekend? Big seminar coming up this Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30. Learn how to invest. Learn how to protect some wealth. Learn a little bit about taxes. The Wall Street Journal reported that President Trump is inclined to move forward with a 10% tariff on $200 billion of Chinese imports. China says they're not going to play defense, which is... A failed threat of, oh yeah. We'll see. There's a lot more going on here. Like, we may want China to open up their walls to American businesses like Coca Cola without having the Chinese communist, you know, uh, guy looking at everything that we're producing uh, inside the company, but rather outside the company's fine. 10 year Treasury note today is pushed above 3%, which is a directional move. That could be a halting factor to the stock market psychology of the bull market. Chad and I talked about that. And he eloquently said the you know, the biggest the Great Depression or the Great Recession led to the great bull market. Interesting, right? Uh, nice tie. Nice tie there. Um, so that's kinda out there today as far as stories go. I can't say that the Empire Man- manufacturing survey is anything that you really care about. It was weaker than expected, so Wall Street economists and people like me go, you know, it's kind of like a game of risk where you plant your flag in a country and you go, okay, I got that. Manufacturing is a flag that we planted positive, and now today it goes neutral because it's it's weakening. Um, Survey of the Empire manufacturing area will not move markets on its own, but it's flag. You capture enough flags and you win the game. Or you lose enough flags and you lose the game. This week's economic calendar has a housing market focus. You get the housing market index for September on Tuesday. You get the continuing with house starts and building permits for August on Wednesday. And you get the existing home sales report on Thursday. The permits is probably the one that I care most about. Uh, Because if you're saying I'm going to put a second level on a house or I'm going to build a whole new house, you're basically saying I'm going to need materials that cost money. There's going to be future commerce. I'm going to need people that cost labor that cost money. So that's what I pay attention to in housing in a week of housing data. That's going to be a big one this week. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big seminar coming up Thursday, September 20th, 630 to 30. I'd get there a little early because Traffic can be snarled. Um, but it's Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use code Radio25 to get it for free. Um, that's what I got. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Use the code Radio25.